The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's up, everybody? Jim, we're back. 1982. This is the last installment for 1982. Yes, wrapping out 1982 in some fashion, if I do say so. Man, for it, it... so there's a part of me that's just kind of like, man, we're only at 1982. But there's a part of me that's also <laughs> like, holy cow, we're done with 1982. Here comes 1983. Yeah, I um, we're coming up on almost a year of doing the show here. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy to think about, dude. I know. Uh, lots um, happened in a year. We'll have to when it's a year episode, it'll be a special episode. We won't do a movie. We'll talk about like maybe our favorite memories, our favorite movies we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll include some clips with the Godfather himself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, dude, uh, 1982 is coming to an end. You and I were just talking about this, so we'll kind of get it out there now so people know what to expect. And, you know, we're going to bring it up at the end as well. But uh, we're not going to take too long of a break before jumping into 1983. No. No, because we took such a big break on, on uh, 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 31 Days of Halloween that we just kind of kind of want to spare you guys and just get right back and keep with the 80s here. So. Exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk some Halloween. The new Halloween Kills came out. Uh, We've seen it. Um, I'm going to watch it again before we talk (laughs) about it so that I can really see how I feel about certain things. But it's going to be a fun conversation. We're going to talk about the 2018 Halloween and this one with some reference to the original. Um, And so it should be a nice little break. And then we're going to go right into 83. Jesus, I'm going to need to really take some notes, dude. That's two whole movies I got to remember. It's a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, damn. But the movie we talk about today is almost like, what, five little mini movies? Five. Or four? Five, yeah. Six. Six if you count the the, the, the wraparound, The wraparound, right? yeah. Yep. Uh, little mini movies. Yes, we're still in 1982, folks. Shadow People. We're jumping into the final installment on what you would see on the In Search of Darkness documentary for this year. That would be Creep Show. Coming soon. Jolting tales of horror. Creep show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls. Cringe at weird kids and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Verrill. Creep show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. 
No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared. Written by Stephen King, directed by George A. Romero. Talk about a dynamic duo in horror, dude. Let's just talk about oh that God. first before we even get to the film. The For fact real. that this is written by Stephen King, mm-hmm. who at this time has had some you know, uh, home runs under his belt by now. Some books that... He's had like, some very major success at this point. Do you know point. what I'm saying? Yeah. And yes. then we're talking about George A. Romero, the, the icon himself, the man who basically wrote the blueprint for how to make zombie films. He invented zombie films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. These yeah. two come together and say, let's make a movie. And not just a movie. Like I said before, it's almost like five little mini movies. Let's do an anthology film. Yeah, yeah. And not just an anthology film, dude. Let's do it based on the old school horror EC comics, Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of the Horror, Haunt of Fear, those horror comics from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Let's do it that way and let's call it Creep Show. And and not only that, not only that, Chris, but who who are we going to get for our our special effects? Oh, Yes, bring in the third, <laughs> None other than... the third of the Trinity, right? It's like the horror Trinity, <laughs> Tom dude. Savini. Who's, yeah, who has dude. a little part in this film? Did you see him at, uh, later yes, on there? Yes, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, dude, how did I forget Savini, man? It is. It's like the it's like the, the holy horror Trinity right here. Yeah. It really um, is, dude. But yeah, dude, they they make this thing like it's, it's the old school horror comics. And those old old horror comics they weren't one story in one one magazine right you had these little short chapters that were their own little mini short horror stories and that's what and then they stylized this film like that like we see um you know comic book panels we see even comic book art that fades into live action and vice versa even in the live action pieces of the film there's times where they do special effects with these background splashes that look like comic book panels you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Almost like Batman, the Batman 66 TV show back in the day, you know, with the pow yeah. and the bam kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so that's what this is. This is going to be an anthology film of five stories written by Stephen King, uh, two that he already had written ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, I think maybe one was based on something else and he wrote the script for that version of it. And then two, he wrote special for the film. I think okay. that's how it went. Okay. Um, and then we have this wraparound, right? The, the, what introduces us to the, the film and then takes us out at the very end, which stars the fourth in the Titans of Horror, Mr. Tom Atkins himself. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. We had some real heavy hit, And it's not it, dude. That's not it. We had some no. real heavy hitters in this movie, dude. Serious, dude. Uh, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, makes a, an appearance in this film as a little boy getting berated and beaten by an asshole father. Yes, who ends up uh, uh, getting into the the horror genre in his own way, yeah, right, in his own fashion, yeah. Um, so let's get into these stories, dude. You ready? Let's do it. The first one is the the wraparound. We open on Tom Atkins, a father who is literally just tearing his little his son a new asshole for reading yeah. horror comic books. Mm-hmm. And when the kid is like, 
They're not as bad as the books you keep in your underwear drawer. Oh, <laughs> he didn't like that shit. He slapped that kid right across the face, dude. Yes, he did. Uh, tells him you're never going to read these things ever again. And uh, I'm going to go toss it in the trash. And he throws it out in the trash. And now we start our stories, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the book flies out, pages flip over in the wind, and we zoom in to the first story in the comic book, which is Father's Day. Yes. All right, dude. Tell me tell me <laughs> about Father's Day. Uh, well, Father's Day opens up in the house, in this very nice lavish house yeah. with uh, – with uh, uh, four char- no three characters. It's uh, no four characters. Uh, this older woman, um, and then there's uh, two younger gentlemen and a younger girl. And the girl is uh, the brother of the other younger gentleman. Yep. Um, and the other younger gentleman that just got so confusing <laughs> is her husband. Yeah. So um, it's the brother or sister, and the sister yeah, yeah, yeah. is the husband, and the older lady is actually their aunt. They're the yes. niece and nephew. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, so they're all sitting around talking and then they get into this story about how, uh, it's father's day and every year, uh, Cordelia comes home, mm-hmm. uh, their crazy other aunt, Cordelia. right? Like she's their other yes. aunt. Yeah. Uh, comes home, uh, every father's day and they have a big feast and a big dinner. Uh, then oh, she goes B- out to Bedelia. visit her. Bedelia. Bedelia. Oh, yeah. 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 With a B. Um, and she goes out. So she finally arrives at the house. Doesn't go up, say hi to anybody. Just goes on in the graveyard and goes. Tell to us visit the story, though, grave. because there's a story that comes before she gets there. Right, the aunt is telling the the new husband, played by Ed Harris. She's yes. telling him who this woman is and why this is a thing when she comes here every year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because she, uh, th- this woman used to take care of their father, who was who, just an uh, asshole. Dude. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> I <laughs> want my like, cake. The Monopoly man with an attitude, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he liked his Father's Day cake, and she took care of him, and he was an asshole. And he was insufferable. Wait on me for everything, you know? And uh, she that's fell what in a love. daughter does. Yeah, but she fell yeah. in love with somebody. She fell in love with mm-hmm. somebody that was a little bit older, kind of yep. like her dad, right? But she fell in yeah. love with him and wanted to hang out with him and be with him, and the mm-hmm. dad was not having it. Nope. Dad had him killed. Uh, or... So is intended. it was a hunting accident. There's no, there's no, exactly. There's no, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so the guy's killed and that, you know, makes her very resentful. But then her husband or her father's just an asshole. Yeah, he calls so her a bitch about something too. And she's just like, oh, because no, he doesn't, John. she doesn't have the cake ready. Yeah, calls so her she, a bitch because the cake's not ready. He wants his cake. So she, she whacks his ass. She yep. uh, beats him in the head with a marble uh, ashtray, I think. Yeah, it yeah, and kills him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so now she comes every year at Father's Day to visit his grave. Yes. Yep. Right. <laughs> okay. So she shows up, goes to the grave, goes into this, what, what I thought was a very well-performed monologue, mm-hmm. um, basically about how resentful she is of her father and uh, everything like that. Um, and then she drops her whiskey on the ground. Um and and it goes then, into the ground, and I don't know if yep. they're just insinuating all he needed was another taste of the whiskey, but <laughs> or something I don't know. All of a sudden, now this is where George A. Romero comes in, and it's like let's yep. make zombies. Hell yeah! Because how Your much did zombies right play ground. into this this mo- this entire anthology? Yeah, yeah, heavily. You know? you know, but yeah, he comes out of the ground. Yep, kills Bedelia because he wants his fucking cake. Yep. That's what he's focused on. Even he's dead, and that's all he wants is his cake. Yep. 
So, so we flash uh, forward. Yes, we flash forward. It's later forward. in the evening now. Later in the evening, everybody back at the house is wondering where the hell this woman is. Ed Wood's <laughs> like, putting on, on a dance competition, eat. dude. Yes, and they're... they're or Ed they're, Harris. Uh, Ed Harris, yeah. Um, their dinner's ready. They're waiting on her. Yeah. Everybody's getting antsy because they want to eat. Uh, so then they said Ed Harris's character out to find her. Yeah. He doesn't know what this woman looks like. He's never met this woman in his life. Doesn't know where he's going, but they send him out. I think he just wanted to have another smoke. He wanted to be able to go somewhere and light a match in such a weird fashion. Like the first time he lights this match when we see him. Do you remember this when the ant's telling the story and he goes, did you notice this at all? He lights the match with his finger. Like he literally lights it with his finger. Okay. He does that little thing. But the way he does it, this flourish, and it's the weirdest thing. And I was just like, fuck is that, right? Now he's out here looking for Bedelia. He's leaning against this this column of this beautiful home, and he mm-hmm, does this mm-hmm. weird like pose, reaches back, and then flicks the match against the column and lights it, and then lights it. I'm like, what is happening? Why does this guy not light a match just a normal way, dude? What's going on right now? So so, so he wanted to go out there and light his matches just to dude. be able to light the matches, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's out there looking for her. Yeah, yeah, I, again, I don't know why they sent him, uh, except that he wants to light his matches, but regardless. Um, so he goes out searching for her, ends up in the cemetery, um, comes across an open grave, mm-hmm. and falls in, uh, and then finds her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he lays there as the headstone slowly inches closer to the edge. <laughs> He just lays I there. The same thing, dude. I'm like, why is he not inches getting closer. up? What the fuck is happening <laughs> like, right dude, now? Like, dude, fucking move. Yeah. <laughs> you had all right. the time in the world. How about when that shit, when then he sees the zombie and he's like, what the fuck yeah. is happening right now? So yeah. now that I think and then, you can say he's terrified, right? Like, if you saw something like that, you could be terrified to the point where you can't move. Yes, at that point. How much time was but there until that, that point, dude? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, and then the thing comes down on him. And did you hear the splat sound effect? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I want to put this out there. This is considered a horror comedy anthology yes. film. So so just so people know when they go into this, you're not trying to get something that's like coming out of going out of its way to be serious and scare the shit out of you. This is horror comedy. And no, this you is definitely meant to be get that. Yeah. And if you don't get that, um, when you go into the second story, you definitely should. But, um, uh, but yeah, so then, um, so then, Mister uh, Mister Grandfather, who wants his cake so badly, makes his way to the house. Um, when he gets to the house, um, ends up in the kitchen. Yep. The aunt that's with the uh, the brother and sister inside the house goes out to the kitchen. She wants to have a word with the uh, the cook, uh, the maid, uh, and she goes out there looking for her. And everything's dark; all the lights are off. Um, she Which sees some dirty footprints. Let me throw this out there real quick. The yeah. lighting in this film, I love. Oh my god, yes! Dude. I loved when it These... was dark. There was a lot of blue lighting happening, and then they do a lot of the. And I'm a huge fan, dude. Huge fan of the contrasting pinks or reds and the blues mm-hmm. on one side. You yeah, know the hard I mean? reds and blues. Fuck, but even it looks so good. In but this. even so, when they weren't doing those contrasting hard lights, even the the um, bright red. Well, even the, the, the slight pink hues yes. or uh, the slight blue hues throughout every single scene that are like that. Yeah. Um, the only one I think that doesn't play on that, I think, is the... Um, the last one? 
No, I think it's the, the second one, uh, Jordy or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's Because uh, it plays green more lighting. on the green. Yeah. Green and blue, yeah. yeah. But even I think it still even manages to get the red in there. But um, regardless. But yeah, so it's the dark. The cat goes into the kitchen, yes. Ends up in the kitchen looking for the maid. Um, and then her face smacks the fucking window in the door. And there was a really delayed head turn looking for it. Um, <laughs> but then she starts freaking out and then... Yep. The, the 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 zombified grandfather or is he his grandfather? I don't know. Gets her. Yeah, she'd be the father, I'd assume. It'd right? be her father, I think. Yeah. Grandfather of the brother and sister. Yeah. And when they come looking. Yep, like, and then they get antsy because nobody's coming around. So uh, uh, the, the sister convinces the brother to go uh, with her to look. Uh, they end up in the same situation as the uh, the aunt. No lights on. Spot the dirty shoes, uh, shoe prints. And just as they start to open the door to the kitchen, their zombified grandfather comes through the door at them with a platter in hand. Cake. With the ant's head on it. And a bunch and of whipped cream. Say? I finally got my cake. <laughs> and that freezes. All of a sudden, it's a comic book shot again, and we Mm -hmm. do this thing where we pan across a few panels, and then, and this is what I love too, is the idea that this is a horror comic book because then they then they just kind of play along these advertisings, right? Like these things you Mm -hmm. can get. There's like you could buy a voodoo thing, you could do this or that, Um, and if you notice it from the beginning, right, the little thing from the voodoo, the the thing you cut out to write in Mm -hmm. for it it's already missing it's It's already cut so we pass that we look at some other ads and then boom here's a new story and this new story is called the lonesome death of jordy verrill and the brilliance behind this is it's two actors and that's it it's stephen king and then this guy named bingo o'malley who plays his father the doctor oh yeah okay so i guess there is two that's but, right. Uh, but it's just, yeah, remember the ghostly like yes, that figure in the, uh, the mirror. Uh, oh, and and it's also uh, he also played like the doctor guy is also the guy at the university when he goes to try and like meet him and sell the, the thing to him. And he's like, oh, I'll oh, give you it? a 70. It's the same actor. No, so sure. basically, this is I love this. This is a sci fi story. Mm-hmm. And this is sci-fi horror, and it's it's basically out in the rural countryside. Stephen King plays this kind of. Hang on, s- what what did you just say? Stephen King. Yes, Stephen King acts in this movie. Yes, yes, he's he did an not actor. just write it. That's right, he's the actor. Uh, so he he plays this kind of. Let's say a few like he's a, he's a he's a few loaves short of a baker's dozen. <laughs> Yeah. Few beers short of a six pack. Yes, he's, he's a little <laughs> bit of a slower kind of country bumpkin farmer, and for some reason he's standing out in the middle of his field at night. And you know the the establishing shot shows us the farm, shows us his house, him standing in the field, and we see what looks like a shining star out in the sky, which mm-hmm. quickly quickly blossoms into this huge, you know, this kind of huge ball of fire, and then zoom. An, an asteroid lands, a, a meteorite. Something lands on his his uh, his land. So Stephen King, being the character that he is, goes out there to see what it is. It's weird, glowing, you know, meteorite. This rock, and uh, he touches it and he burns his fingers and he's not sure what it is and he decides, you know what, let me cool it off. So he goes and gets a pail of water, comes back and he puts the water on it and it cools it, but it cools it so much that it cracks in half. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it falls apart and all of a sudden we see this glowing like blue liquid bluish green liquid inside and he reaches in and he just pours the liquid out and he's all upset he's like oh i broke this right because before he does that he has these this thing in his mind right like all of a sudden we see this like this this imagination of his where he's daydreaming that he takes this rock to the university and sells it to them for two hundred dollars mm-hmm. so he's like i gotta cool this off and when he does it and it breaks he's all upset but he puts the two pieces in a bucket and he brings it to the house before i move on let me ask you about that that scene when we cut away right and it's a frame these framed kind of visions that he's having these kind of daydreams Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Like that style of storytelling? Because do you know what it reminds me of? You've seen a Christmas story, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like when Ralphie <laughs> has that imagination. You know what I mean? And like the robbers are yes. there and it's all. That's what that reminds me of. That entire way of filming it and even presenting it totally reminds me of that. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, it, that just goes to lend to show, you know what? He might be a, a country bumpkin, but look at the fucking imagination this dude's got, you know? Yeah. Um, that but over, I w- over-exaggeration. But yeah. I was I'm a fan of the way they filmed it. I loved the framing, you know, with the like the I don't know what that was. It's not a title card, but it was it was what how do you how do you explain that? You know what I mean? Cuz it was cut out and you were watching what happened inside the cutout. It wasn't the whole mm-hmm. screen, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um but dude, I love it. So anyway, so he goes into his house and he decides to put on TV. He's watching some wrestling. He's drinking a beer. And he mm-hmm. starts, he's licking his fingers because they're bothering him. And as he pulls his fingers away, he notices they're green now. And they're a little fuzzy, almost like almost like grass. And then we see, we get cuts to the outside of his house where the pit is, where this thing is in the bucket. We're seeing vegetation just start to grow, right? But not yeah. normal grass. This is weird, spiky-looking grass. Yeah. Hairy, almost mossy, right? Like weeds. Uh, he notices that and he's like, oh shit, what the hell's this, right? And he thinks to himself, oh man, I've been sucking on my, my fingers. Let me go check in the mirror. And he goes <laughs> and sure enough, his tongue's green. Oops. And basically what we end up seeing is vegetation starts to overrun the land, his house, mm-hmm. and him. Like he's covered in it, his face, his chest, his arms, his legs. He's just, he's literally a moss man towards the end here and he's freaking the hell out he doesn't know what to do and it's like what do you do in that last i mean you're completely covered like what does this even mean um yeah because nobody knows he's afraid to go to the doctor you know yeah so at that point you're afraid to go to the doctor you don't know what this is you don't know how to handle this what can you do right only imagine what's going through his head so uh he decides to just off himself, grabs a shotgun, says a prayer, and then boom. Well, yeah, after it gets to a certain point. Yeah, he's completely covered. He's, like, not, he's, he's literally completely covered. covered. He doesn't even sound like himself anymore. And even when he when he blows his head off, it's not even – there's no flesh. There's no blood. There's no crazy, brain. There's right? no bone. There's nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, what did you think of this one? Um. That was very interesting. Uh, I like the concept and the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Stephen King's acting was um, very interesting, but it fit and was done very well. Um, I thought the, uh, again, the harsh colors with the greens and the blues. Yeah. Um, great, great, great. Um, especially with the green showing the, the greenery of the the plants yeah. and the life out there where there was nothing to when it, it blossomed and what it became. Um, 
I love it. I like this one, dude. Yeah, it was especially only cool. having two actors. Not even. I don't even. Not I even. consider that like one and a half. Yeah, yeah, one and a half. Him. He's not an actor. Yeah. He's a writer. But you he plays I mean? this kind of doofusy kind of guy so good with the buck teeth and everything, dude. You remember what Tom Atkins said? He said that he wanted to play this role. Did he? Yeah, George Romero in, in the documentary. Uh, oh, he says, I have um, to watch this documentary again. It's been a long time. George since asked I him this to one. be in it, and he said, uh, "Yeah, can I play Jordy?" And he goes, "Ah, um, Steve's already playing him. Do you mind playing the father in the wraparound?" <laughs> <laughs> this story was actually a, based on a short story by Stephen King called Weeds. So this was mm, one of his okay. original stories already. He said, "You know, let's put it in here and make it a film." So, uh, as well, dude. Yeah, from there we move on to another story in the comics, right? And the creep, I think he's called the Creeper, the Creep Show guy, the Creeper. I think he's just called uh, the Creep. The Creep, that's what it is. Uh, he bring, he brings us to another story. This one's called yes. Something to Tide You Over. Yes. Dude, this one, Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson uh, is amazing. And I didn't know this. Oh, my this. God, dude. I did not know this, but apparently Richard Gere is uncredited as the a man on TV. Really? Yes, I did not know this. But Ted Danson, young Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen when you're so used to seeing him in comedies like Loaded Weapon or mm-hmm. Naked Gun or, or Naked Gun, yeah, or uh what was the other one? Airplane, you know, all these yes, ones. Yes, 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 yes. When you, see, you see him, him in this, this role, tell us about this story, dude. Um so, something to tide you over. We open with um Ted Danson uh, sleeping on the couch of his apartment, and somebody's banging on the door, yelling for him, calling his name. Uh, so Ted Danson gets up reluctantly and goes to the door and opens it, but leaves the chain on. Uh-huh. Um, and who other than Leslie Nielsen to be standing there? Um, and they have a little conversation about how uh, Ted Danson's been whoring around with his wife, uh, yep. uh, Leslie Nielsen's wife. Uh, and he says, look, dude, we're going to tell you um, he says, get your shoe out of the door. Uh, or... He said, I could bench 300 pounds. I don't want to break <laughs> your foot off in half. Like, are you serious? Come on, dude. Um, but I forget what I forget what he what Leslie Nielsen said back to him. Um, but whatever he, he said, he, it was some sort of smart said. comment. But he said something along the lines of like, you're going to want to do this because like, basically, I'm not somebody alluding... you want to fucking cross. Yeah, yeah. And he's basically alluding. Oh, no, to no. The he fact... said something bad was going to happen to the girl. That's what yes. It was. He's alluding to the um, fact something was going about to happen. He didn't believe. Yeah, so Ted Danson let him in and then they have uh, they have another conversation. And then finally, he um, Leslie Nielsen ends up convincing Ted Danson to go with him to his. Uh, yeah, he says, you need to come with me uh, uh, or else yes, he's going to die. And he plays a tape. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says this is and you can hear this woman saying, please, please come. Come help me. Come help me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they go out to the beach. So they drive out to the beach uh, on some really great shots of a nice Jeep Wrangler going through the sand, man. Um, bringing back Goonies uh, <laughs> in my head. Uh, but yeah, so then they drive out there and he drives away from the house. He doesn't go towards the house mm-hmm. um, and he ends up stopping Um and they get out. Uh, he's at, uh, uh, Ted Danson's asking where the girl is. And so you get to climb up on a, um, a sandbar and he sees like this mound of sand out there with a shovel mm-hmm. next to it. And he thinks that's her. So he goes running down there. But it's not her. Instead, right. it's a giant pit um, and a shovel. And then, you know, you start thinking, ah, I see what's going on here. Um, 
So then, uh, basically, as Ted Danson's running down there to the hole, Leslie Nielsen pulls out his gun and starts coming up behind him and basically says, sorry, dude, but you're getting in the hole. Uh, get on your knees and, and bury yourself um, because you're either going to do that or I'm going to shoot you. Um, so he does it. Um, yeah. Tells the guy that I uh, buried the girl further up the beach. Yeah. Because um, she lost a coin toss, so he had to, he had to bury her further up the beach. Um then puts up a TV and lets him. Uh, I don't know if it was live. I don't think it li- was live. I think it was a recording. Well, he told him it was live. Oh, because the said, VCR. This is live. That's right. He says it's VCR live. He goes, if you look at the VCR, it's not hitting play. It's actually recording. And I'm recording this right now live. Oh, okay. And he says there's a camera facing you and there's a camera facing her. So he's watching this TV and he sees this woman buried to her neck with the tide coming in, hitting her face. You know, I got to admit... Um, for 1982, this old man was very technologically savvy in a time when he it was, knew what was up, dude. Was, well, let's look at this, too. The dude had a lot of money. Like when you looked at his true, place, true, he had true. a whole bunch of security cameras. And so he we knew he was already into that shit. Beach area. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But what a fucked up way, dude. His wife's cheating on him with this guy. And he's making this guy now watch his wife struggle to yep. get out of there. And he basically tells him, if you learn how to do this, you should be able to get out and still have time to save her. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to be the case at all. No, Nothing that was never going to happen. That's like a million in one shot, dude. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, she dies. Whatever. Uh, I have no connection to her. Dude, I, uh, but watching it, watching it was so anxiety-inducing just to oh like be God, like, I know. Well, like I think, it was, more, water I think her, it was more anxiety-inducing watching, watching him get it. Oh, that because, too, yeah. Yeah, I think, that, I think it was more anxiety-inducing for me to watch him get it because it was – it wasn't through a TV. Nah. You know what I mean? It was actually real right there going on. But uh, uh, but yeah, then the same thing happens to him. The tide starts rolling in and more and more and more until he's completely submerged underwater. Yeah. The end. Just yeah, kidding. Right. No. Uh, so then we go back to Leslie Nielsen, who's at his house. He's relaxing. He's happy. And then, he yeah, got his revenge. Because he got rid of, yeah, yeah. And he didn't have to go through a divorce. He yep. to keep all the money, all his belongings. Um, but then something triggers the security system. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing there. And then, lo and behold, there is something there. Uh, doesn't Zombies. he like, go to the door? Doesn't he stand out? Doesn't he go outside and then come back inside? Yeah, because then he turns around and they're there. And, and they're that's there. Where it's like, holy yes. shit. That was that's yep. a good little it's, jump scare, dude. Uh, that was fun. His his wife and the boyfriend, Ted Danson, um, except they're underwater Waterlogged zombies. and zombified, yeah. Yes, dude. What would you think um, of the makeup? What did you think of the way they looked? It works with what they're doing in the film. <laughs> yeah. It works with the, what they're doing in the film. If they were trying to be realistic, no. But, no, but it um, had a cartoony look to it, yeah. Yes, and that's what they're trying but to it do worked. in the film. So it I works thought it worked. Perfectly. Yeah. Yes. And the and blue lighting commend- was perfect. That's why I commend everybody who made this movie. Well, I'll get into it at the end, but like, yeah. God, just everything that went into this movie and the different aspects that needed to connect with each other and how they connected with each other and, and worked. It's just unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Um, but, but they yes, get their revenge, they, dude. Yeah. They end up getting him. They bury him. Uh-huh. And they let him get, uh, yeah, now comes the t- the tides. He's got to wait. And so, fr- and he's just like, ha ha, I'll hold my breath all day, motherfuckers. And that's how we end it. <laughs> like, we don't even get, like, to watch him die. He's just literally like, I'll hold my breath all day. This is no big deal. 
Yeah, but uh, we'll see. But obviously, yeah, I, I'm sure we all know w- w- where that's going to go. He's a little a little full of himself. But from there, we move on to another story after we pass mm-hmm. some more ads. And this one is called The Crate. Yes. And I got to tell you, at first, I was like, because I, I, I've seen Creepshow, but so long ago, I don't remember a lot of it. I didn't remember The Crate, and I didn't remember the last one. The last two, I did not remember. They're creeping up with you. Um, but The Crate... When it was when I was watching it the first time around for this show, I remember going, "Why do we like? What's happening? Why are we so back and forth? What do we care about this guy and this character? Yeah, and I his wife at yeah. the party, right? And then at the end, it all makes sense. So the idea here is that there is this party happening. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Barbeau, yes, is in this as as Wilma Billy Northrup. She's this woman who's a little bit abrasive. She likes to drink. She likes to be uh, politically loud. incorrect, loud, and people yep. are all. This is like a little bit of a, a hoity-toity party, and so everyone's like, "Why do we always bring her? Like, why is she always here?" And her husband's this guy who just kind of takes takes beatings from her. Like, she just mm-hmm. verbally abuses the shit out of him, and he's the like the hat in his hands, yes, dear kind of husband, right? Even though mm-hmm. in his mind he's like fucking murdering her left and right all over the place, which was Played awesome. By. Um, Hal Holbrook, Mister Hal seen Holbrook these two before. Himself. I feel like I feel like deja vu. Right, dude. How how awesome. The fog. Um, so we see this happening, but Hal Holbrook's character has a friend at the party who's this professor at the at the university, yes. right? And he sees him flirting with this young girl. And this girl leaves and, and they're talking for a little bit. And he says something along the lines of, so are you not coming by to play chess later? Uh, Hal Holbrook says. And uh, the other guy played by Fritz Weaver. Uh, Fritz Weaver is just like, mm, maybe. You know what? Yeah, I'll come by. We'll play chess. No big deal. Um, while he's blocking, at, dude. Yeah, dude. While, he, while he's at the party, we get this this cutaway and we go to the university. We have this janitor that's cleaning up and he's noticing that in this cage that's underneath the this locked up cage underneath the stairwell that there's this crate. And the crate is stamped something about 1890 something. I can't remember what the year was. And he's like, what the hell is this? Why do we have something from 1890 something under here? And so he calls the professor while he's at the party. He's like, hey, like this thing's under here. Do you want, what do you want to do with this? And the professor's like, what are you talking about? Let me go check it out. So he gets there, and uh, they bring this crate into one of the labs, and they start to try to pry it open, and they're having a tough time. So they're both working on it. This weird smell's coming out of it. The janitor's like, dude, I feel like there's something moving around in there, right? And the professor's yeah. like, it's 18-something. This, dude's, this is not going to be alive if there's something in there. And so uh, they get it. You know, just enough where you can start to see inside, and the one guy's like, "This looks like some shiny things in there." He's like, "It looks like emeralds," <laughs> and he fucking just reaches his hand in there, and immediately, it's like blood, like starts squirting out. He starts screaming. This professor's like, "What the fuck is happening?" He's like screaming and fighting here, and basically, the thing ends up toppling over, and this creature jumps out. The fuck kind of creature is this thing, dude? I have it's just no a monster. Idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, did it say this was from the Antarctic? Is that what it said? On yeah, the, from on an, the Arctic, stamp? A, an Arctic expedition. Yeah, so some weird creature with like, and it looked awesome. It looks great. And the teeth on it, I mean, it just looks so vicious and razor sharp. And it basically eviscerates the janitor. And 
the professor's like flipping the fuck out. He cannot believe he just saw this, right? So much mm-hmm. so that he goes to get somebody to help him see what's going on here. Meanwhile, we're cutting back to uh, Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbeau as their home, and she's just being a bitch. She's just like, yeah. You know I can't stand when you have that person over here for chess, so make sure he's gone by the time I come back and blah, blah, blah. And, like, in his mind, he's, like, like strangling her to death. and <laughs> Just like Jordy, he's got these wild imagination, man. And uh, so she leaves. She goes off and does her thing. And back at the university, the professor has this one guy. Where did this guy come from? I don't remember now. He was one of those like the college kids or something. He comes in. Oh, there. he he. Well, the uh, he he ran out into the hallway because the, that's what um, it was. Because yeah, the janitor had just been killed, so he ran out into the hallway and runs into this kid. Yeah, and he's like, "You need to come help me." And so they're looking for this. They don't see the janitor, but they see streaks, right, like blood streaks, and they follow it mm-hmm. back to underneath the the stairs. And they're making their way in there, and sure enough, this thing comes out again and kills the kid. Now that that yep. kid's done, he's fucked. Uh, which was great. It looked awesome. This professor's like, fuck this, I'm out. He pieces out and heads over to Hal Holbrook's house. And he's like, I need you to help me. A lot of shit went down. I don't know what to do. And Holbrook's like, hmm, you know, just tell me. Tell me what the story is. And so they're having drinks and he decides, you know, and you can see his mind's already working because he believes him. He believes what this is. And he mm-hmm. starts thinking to himself, hmm, let me, let me. You know what? Let me drug my friend. This. First, I'm going to drug my friend so he passes out and doesn't bother to, to interrupt here. Let me lock him in the room while he sleeps. Let me write a letter to the wife that I fucking hate and tell her to come meet me here. Right. And then he goes there and he goes and he cleans up the mess. Dude's got a plan. He cleans up the mess. His wife gets home and she starts reading the note and you get to hear what it is he wrote. And he says something along the lines of the professor went a little overboard with a young college girl uh, things there's a mess you know he's out here to clean it up but she know he knows she's like she operates better under these situations she can come and help him take care of it so can you come out here and help me and so basically she comes out there and he's he's kind of luring her to underneath the the stairs uh to the point where he gets her there and starts like all right come get her come get her whatever monster you are right crate, he's dude. like shaking her and like come get her come get her and nothing happens and she's like, what the, f-? she's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I knew you were a <laughs> pussy. You're a pussy your whole life. Like, she's just fucking berating him. And then the monster shows up and fucking just <laughs> destroys her, dude. And that's what happened. It gave her happened. one last chance, man. It gave yeah, her and, one last chance to be nice. And that's what happens. The idea is, is this dude now took advantage of the fact that his, his friend went through this horrific thing. And he's like... Well, if, as long as we have a monster, let, let's, let me get rid of my crazy wife finally, right? <laughs> and he cleans it up, cleans up everything, locks the monster back in the thing, says that he dumped it in the ocean, and he goes back to him and he's like, look, I believe you. We both know this happened, but I cleaned up everything. No one's ever going to hear anything. What are you going to say, right? Just don't say Nobody's anything. Who's going to believe that? No. You know? uh, and it's in the ocean. It's, it's, it's never going to hurt anybody ever again. Or will it? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Yeah, we're led to believe that this thing is making its way out of the box from under the water. Yes. And that's it. That's that story, dude. I thought it was a cool, it was a clever story. It's horrific. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was cool. I liked liked the way it all tied up. Because at first I was like, 
why do I care about what's happening with Adrian? Why Barbeau are we following and one character? This? Yeah. Well, why are we following the professor? And then all of a sudden we're switching to this other character that's kind of been stuffed in it places. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? But it made so by the end, yes, it the felt end, satisfying. Like, okay. Very gotcha. satisfied. All right, bro. Take yes. us out. Take us out with the last story. They're creeping up on you. They're creeping up on you. Um, I may need a little help with this one because out of all of these, this is the one out of all the times I've seen this movie, this mm-hmm. is the one that I can never, this is the one that I always forget is even in this movie. I never remember that this one's in this movie. The only thing I, I mean, the only thing this is so memorable for me is because of the content. It's just so skin crawl. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even, but the, I, the only ones easy. I remember, cause you were talking earlier, the ones that you remember, the only ones I remember yeah. are something that tied you over in mm-hmm. the crate. That was it. So this one is the one where you have the old guy that li- he's got. Oh yeah, um, no, no, I know, I know that he's in the uh, yeah. the uh, the the sealed apartment, the penthouse. Yeah. He's got a uh, phobia, all basically. white, yeah. basically of germs. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then he's got a cockroach in his apartment that he's hunting. Um, he's not happy with that. Ugh, no, 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 not at all, dude. And this guy's um, an asshole. This guy runs a business. He's, a, he's an asshole, rich person. Yes. Yes. And um, he gets a call, basically. Remember where the guy's like, one of your people killed himself after losing the yeah, job. He doesn't or what care. It was. He's like, oh, good. That's all he says. He doesn't care. Yep. Uh, so I have my own problems. I got roaches. He's just worried about himself. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this, who's he talking to? He was talking to his secretary, right? Um, when he when they found that out. When he was told that, yeah, it was an, oh, yeah. no, 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 it was one of the guys. That was one no, of the one of the guys, guys he company. works with. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's like, yeah, you know what? I got other things I got to worry about. I got mm-hmm. cockroaches. So that he leaves that conversation, and he's still trying to take care of these cockroaches. Um, Do you know who that is, who, the, who that guy is that calls him? Uncredited Ned Beatty. I know that name. Who is that? Ned Beatty was in Deliverance. He was also in Superman. Okay. Uh, he's also in Rudy. He plays Rudy's dad. Okay. Wait, Rudy's dad? I don't know. I never saw Rudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ned Beatty's an actually he's a he's a you know he's a very well known actor and yeah he plays um he plays the character of the voice on the on the phone. But then they gets another call. This time it's from the widow, dude. Yes, of this guy who killed himself. Fucked up shit, and she's just like, "You're an asshole. I hate you. Yeah, Fuck well, you." He's like, guy is Meh. an asshole." He's like, "Meh." Oh, and by the way, I got bigger problems. I have cockroaches. Yeah, listen, I got to go. I got to kill some cockroaches. Um, then he tries to order. I forgot one he tried to order, but he tried to get the um, the exterminator up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically told his assistant there's that more roaches here by 1130. Up. Yeah, oh yeah, he keeps finding more and more. Uh, one went under his jukebox. It was one on his TV screen. Um, he tells his assistant, if the exterminator is not here by 1130, you're fired. Um. So then he gets a knock on the door, mm-hmm. um, and it's one of the guys who works in this building. I'm yeah, assuming the, probably yeah, the yeah. manager. The ma- is what the I was thinking. Guy. Is it the maintenance guy? I think it's the maintenance guy. He was sent by the manager, um, and he basically says, "I can get you an exterminator, no problem." Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the guy goes, "You know what? People like you will go far in this world." <laughs> so the guy leaves to go get the exterminator. Um, and then there's more cockroaches. Yeah. And then there's rolling blackouts coming. So this is Across New York City. The city. Yes. Yep. He starts watching the, the buildings go black and he's like, ah, oh, motherfucker. If this was my energy company, this wouldn't happen. And not again, is what he says. And while it's happening, 
more roaches and more roaches. And this dude's just going off with his monologue about, I'll kill you all. You'll never. I've dealt with bugs my whole life. I'll kill you all. I don't care. Yeah. Um, then the emergency lights come on for the building. Uh, and there's cockroaches, dude. There's cockroaches everywhere. They're God, coming this... in drains. They're coming oh, in everything, God, dude. The fucking one. vents Watching in the this wall. Is rough. Uh, I know we had this conversation on like one of the last episodes, dude, about bugs. So um, rough. So then he uh, he goes to lock himself in his bedroom. It's his panic like, safe room, like room. a panic room. Yeah, yeah. like his panic room. Um, locks himself in there. He's talking. He ends up talking to somebody, doesn't he? Who was he talking to? Um, who was it? Was it the manager of the building or somebody from the building? I can't remember. He's talking to somebody. He talks to somebody. Um, and then he looks over at the bed, and it's moving. Oh. And you're just he pulls like, the oh, covers God. away, dude. And it's and just the bed's nothing just covered in cockroaches, too. All different sizes. Uh, There's yeah. a few, like, albino-looking ones in there where I was like, all right, that's just the devil. Get out of here. And then they start coming out of his body. Well, first they start overrunning him, right? Like, they start yeah. running up on getting him all over shit. his body. Well, they've been oh, overrunning him this whole God. time, getting all over his body, dude. But then he finally falls, yeah, and he's dead, and dude. And they start coming out of him. and oh, That was so nasty, <laughs> dude, when he's just splitting open and just bugs yeah, pouring dude. out. I couldn't take it. I was like, this is so fucked up, dude. I hate this one. I hate this one, dude. And it's then so fucked up. the janitor finally arrives. Yeah. And we see the apartment. Too late. There's no cockroaches. Too and late. And we see the safe room. And no cockroaches. Yep. But he's all fucked but up. he's dead. Yes. Nice. And that ends all the stories, and we finish yes, and with the wraparound. Yes, then we finish up with the wraparound. Yeah. Yes. And the Where wraparound. Where we get our, uh, our Tom Savini uh, cameo, which Mr. is interesting Garbage because Man. they brought him back for the second one just for an acting bit, but didn't have him do the makeup. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny, dude. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a, one of the gar- two garbage men that are coming down the street the next morning, and they come across this comic the creep show comic and they're looking at it and they're talking about it, you know, and how again, much they used to love it. The voodoo doll page. Yeah. Now they're out. talking about that. They're talking about the ads and they're talking about that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, he says, hold on. There's the, it's somebody's already ordered it. It's missing. And we go to the house. Tom Atkins is having breakfast. The wife is ironing his clothes. And he's talking about having a stiff neck. He didn't sleep well. His neck's killing him. And as she's ironing his clothes, she notices, holy shit, something happened to his clothes. Like, it looks like maybe the washer, like, ate a piece of it. It was all ripped and fucking torn. Yeah. And so she noticed how she looks at it, and she looks at him. She doesn't want to get, like, yelled Angry. at. So she throws it back into the, the hamper so he doesn't notice. Doesn't see it. And as he gets up, he's just, like, starts grabbing his throat, right? Shit's fucked up. He's holding his throat. It's like, what the hell's happening? Then we cut to Billy's room. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there with the voodoo doll. And a piece of his dad's shirt wrapped around it. And he's just got this monster long fucking needle stabbing it into his throat. That'll <laughs> teach you to take my comics, dad. <laughs> fucking ass, dude. But damn, damn, I loved it. I was like, yes, that's a great way to end it. Fuck yes, dude. So overall, dude, what it's do you that, think of Creep that, Show? You know what I like about Creep Show that, that sets it apart from like, um, like a regular... Uh, just a simple anthology movie is the wraparound. I feel like in order to do a movie like this effectively, you got to have that wraparound. 
um, or that 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 element that interconnects the stories, like trick or treat. Yeah, I love it, um, and I love the way they use it. I love the vehicle of comic, the comic book, the old nineteen oh fifties yes, horror comics. Yes. Well, think about it. This is what Steve, and I mean, we've both read Stephen King. This is what he yeah. he grew up on. This yeah. is what George Romero. I'm sure was reading because he's a little bit older, but oh, sure yeah, he was but reading still. the same things, dude. Seeing the same films, being inspired by the same things. Yeah, um, man. And then you got a guy like Tom Savini that you tack on, and he can, he can, take their vision, and make it gruesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah. just instead of like the old school Japanese Godzilla movies that are super hokey now. You yeah. Know? Because, again, it's horror comedy, so they weren't going out of their ways yes. to make it super realistic, but you still want to you want to repulse Have people, dude. Of it. Yes, dude. And that yeah. happens a lot in this film, mm-hmm. you know. Um, of the five stories, which one is your favorite? Ooh. Um. Father's Day, The Lonesome Death, Something to Tide You Over, The Crate, or They're Creeping Up on You? I don't know, dude, because they're all so different in their own right um mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what's your favorite i would have to say my favorite of them all is probably something to tide you over yeah it wasn't so much horror right but it was i don't know there was it was good to, and i love ted danson and leslie nielsen in this i thought they did so well with each other like interacting with each other um you know it, it was I, I they had great chemistry it worked i thought it looked good and then the crate would be my second favorite. Yeah, dude, this is difficult because because I want to say either uh, 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 Death of Jordy or or they're creeping on you simply because there was one actor. That's it. That's fun, dude. That's it, and that's the only thing moving your story forward. That's the only thing you're focused on. Um, as as the main character i mean you've got little side things that you're focused mm-hmm. on too but those are the only thing and you have to carry it for the entire time of as, as these other ones too true that's impressive man that's impressive to me and only in one location for the most yeah. part yeah you know yeah um, cool cool yeah crate crate's definitely second i enjoy it dude i really enjoy this film i do i think it's fun and this is something i would definitely watch again oh yeah dude i've seen this feeling this many many times and then it spun off, you know, the series. Um, yeah. Back in the day, it spun off. Um, what was it called? Two sequels. Tales from no, not Tales from the Crypt. What was the other uh, Tales from the Dark Side? So the TV show Tales oh, from the Dark did... Side was a spinoff of this, but they couldn't use the the Creep Show title because Warner Brothers held the the rights to it. So it still oh. uses the Creep in Tales from the Dark Side. Interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. Um. But yeah, then you got the two sequels, then you got the uh, the new series that they're doing, and then all the the specials that they got on that. So they got a, some animated ones. Um, but yeah, dude, powerhouse film all That's around. Good stuff. Um, any 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 fireside tidbits on this one? I got a lot here, dude. Oh, let's go. Um, so that last story, your favorite story there, the creeping up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for the entire movie, from what I read, this was the most expensive uh, piece of the film was the cockroaches. I was going to say to to be able to do all that, that that's got to be a oh, supposedly God. they were fifty cents a cockroach. At two hundred and fifty thousand cockroaches plus comes out to about uh, uh, over one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Can you imagine being the wrangler? 
Like you're the person. I mean, you love that stuff if you are, right? Like you're the person that loves that and doesn't care. 250. What do you do when an order like that comes in? Yeah, we need two hundred and fifty thousand cockroaches. Where, the Where fuck are they do you stored? Two hundred fifty thousand cockroaches from, dude. You know, and then, then think about there's people who have like mad phobias. Could you imagine working oh on set and then today's the day they're bringing all the roaches in and you have to Ugh. be there to like shine a light or to, and I'm sure to that hold they, they, this or? I wonder how many days they had to film with them while they're on set. Oh like that, God, no thanks, no thanks. And then you're running around trying to catch one cockroach. Imagine yeah. five in the scene. Jesus, no. I'm good, dude. Um, so, you know from the first story, the marble ashtray? Yeah. That she beats her father with, Bedelia. Supposedly, I didn't know this until this afternoon, so next time I watch this movie, i got to pay attention. Supposedly, that ashtray appears in every single story. Really? Yes. That is a cool thing to look for now. Now i got to go back yes. and watch. Now i got to pay attention. Son of a bitch. I know. I know. Um... So I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I've heard this story from Stephen King. Um, not personally, but uh, <laughs> he calls he's the one who likes to tell this story. Hey, by the way, let me tell you. Hey, I heard you doing Creep Show. Let me tell you this story. No, this yeah. is, uh, uh, he likes to tell this story a lot. But uh, I guess he, he, he took Joe Hill, his son, after they were mm-hmm. filming one day to, uh, out to get food. Um, and he brought him into the, um, uh, into the restaurant. I guess it was a McDonald's or something like that. But forgot that he still had his makeup on. So he had all the kind of cuts and bruises and <laughs> and everything like that. Well, he has this hand mark. You can literally see three fingers yeah. uh, bruised when he gets slapped. Like Tom Atkins slaps him at the in the opening of the film. And I don't know if you noticed this, but watch it carefully. As he's taking the slap, right, the bruises are already there. They're literally already there as he's doing it. It's funny. I was like, hey. I heard it's his own hand. I heard it's his own hand that hits him. Because <laughs> Stephen King was so nervous about him getting hurt. Yeah. You know? It's funny, um, but yeah. So that was um, that was interesting. I guess this was the first animatronic that Tom Savini worked on and okay. did for a film. Um, so kudos to him because it came out fucking phenomenally. Um, so the final segment there, um, they're creeping up on you. Uh, I guess it was originally rumored that Max von Sydow was supposed to play that role. Who's that? Uh, oh God, dude, he's a famous actor. He was in, um, he's been in all kinds of things. He's a Swedish dude. He, oh, the fuck, um, uh, The Force Awakens, he made a real small cameo in. Uh, remember the old guy at the beginning of that movie that they kill? Pose in the village. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's him? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just don't know anything he's been in off the top of my head. That's pretty bad, because he's just, like... Very well-known actor. Um, but, yeah, so he was supposedly rumored to be playing that first role or nice. that, that, that that last role, um, which would have been really interesting. But, alas, we did not have him. Um, other than that, uh, Max von Sydow, um, Flash Gordon, Minority Report. Oh, did you ever see the movie um, Shutter Island? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Martin looks Scorsese. better, but yeah. He played the old German doctor in that movie. Yeah, gotcha. Um, anyway, so I guess um, Warner Brothers for this movie, they uh, they did some uh, sketchy shit with the uh, release of this movie. Not really sketchy shit, like, but they played their cards right is what they did. Okay. Um, so what they did was the movie was supposed to originally open up around the same time as Season of the Witch, right? 
Um, but what happened was when they did some test screenings in Boston, uh, they found out that the movie did really good and it did really, really well through uh, word of mouth. So um, they changed the release from October of 1982 uh, to November of 1982 because they thought, well, you know, Halloween is going to come out. Halloween 3 is going to come out. It's going to fizzle out. Um, and then there's still going to be this giant void for people who want a horror movie at this time of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie opened up in November, and guess what? It fucking paid off for them. They made a great move, and this movie ended up outperforming, I believe, Halloween 3. Well, I mean, obviously, because once word yeah. of mouth gets around, yes, Michael Myers exactly. Meeting, that hurt. That hurt. You know what I mean? Yep. So they made this move before they even knew that, probably, because I'm assuming they, nobody knew that yet. Uh, damn. Good thing that Michael Myers wasn't in there, for them at least. <laughs> right? It's fun, though. Dude. This, is a, this is a tightly packaged film. It's fun. But maybe they did know. Because think about it. Tom Atkins was in this movie. Yeah, but... Depends like, on I, when this I'd movie to, was filmed. Yeah, I'd though. have to see a making of or something because you know how many times people make... Like, like, isn't Woody Allen notorious for not giving you a whole script? He just gives you the pages that you have to learn. I think that's a big Maybe. deal. Like, so, yeah, you know and I think I mean? John so, Carp or I, I think um, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace was trying to really hide the secret in that movie from people. Too. Yeah, so I wonder if so Atkins only saw his work and but, not realizing if it had anything to do with it. But he's in like the entire fucking movie, so it's like, yeah, that's true. You'd have to know that Michael Myers doesn't show up. He's like, what does he show up in like t- last ten minutes? <laughs> and I don't even get any scenes with him. Um, <laughs> but it also depends on when these two movies were filmed. True. You know what I mean? Look this that. could have been filmed in like 1981, but just not released till 1982. Right, right, right. Exactly. And then, I don't know, man. Else? I enjoy it. I really do. Any more tidbits? No, that was it, dude. That was nice. it. Nice. So yeah. that's it, dude. That wraps I'm surprised, up 1982. Though. I'm surprised with how, how much and how beloved this movie is um, that there's not more little interesting facts. I mean, I'm sure there are, but just not in the, the well-known front-of-your-face universe. Yeah, but dude, we're done. We're done with 82. Ah, I know. Wrapped up. Interesting. Put a little bow on it. Put it on the shelf. Because we're going to hit 83, but before we do, we're taking a little side tangent and going back gotta, to Halloween. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd be much further along than 1982 by now. It feels this. like we should, but we always do stuff in the in-between, right? So the in-between is yeah. what slows us down. Um. But those are fun. It's fun it's to okay. kind of take a break from the from the eighties, uh, and yeah. we did for a while. So again, we're gonna hit Halloween. Uh, we're just gonna cut, you know, kind of touch on Halloween nineteen seventy eight. But then we're gonna talk two thousand eighteen, and then Halloween Kills. Um, yeah, because, I just kind of want to reference back to the original, just as we need to. Yeah, because we're gonna actually cover that in full, you know, as on an episode, yeah. a special episode in the future. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking Halloween next week. Um, but now 82 is done. After that, we're yeah. going into 83, and uh, it'll be back to the 80s goodness once again. Yes. All right, dude. Let's wrap this up. Let's get out of here. So, listen, guys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. Make sure you head over to all the different social medias out there and look for Out of the Shadows podcast. You'll trust me. You'll find us. Follow us. Comment. Hit Apple Podcasts. Rate us. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Anything if else? You leave us a comment. Chris will send you a, uh, a signed, uh, autographed. Sorry, those are the same word. An autographed uh, picture of himself. There you go. Oh, I don't know if it's a picture of myself. Maybe I'll give them. Uh, I'll, I'll give them. Got to be the first uh, one to comment. Maybe first a comment. drawing, right? Like I'll do a sketch or something. First person to leave us a review. 
Um, there you go. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, remember to keep your eye on the shadows.